through our weekly correspondencies this week, indicated on the, the cover of your bulletin, um, through our social media outlets, you know that we're entering into this season called stewardship. And typically, we, we take time throughout uh, this part of the year, this season of the year, to focus on our giving and supporting the ministries of this church. And we will do that, no doubt. But we're taking a wider approach this year. We're, we're focusing on renewal and what it means to be renewed by the power of Christ. So that five weeks from now, when we make our pledge here, we're not only pledging our financial resources to support all the wonderful things that God is doing through our church, but I'm gonna ask you to consider something. I'm gonna ask you to consider pledging your prayers and your presence and your gifts and your service and your witness. All of us are in ministry together. It begins by the water and the spirit found here at baptism. And throughout this journey of life, we find ourselves in place, places and at times where we need renewal. We need to know what it's like to be a part of a story bigger than our own. Sailor Louise is learning that today firsthand. We need to know what it means to listen to the whispers of God in our, our lives. And some of you have already responded in marvelous ways to last week's time of worship when we asked the question, what's next? You're dreaming and you're thinking about what the next great thing that First Methodist will launch will be. But for the next five weeks, we're gonna focus on this, this component of our baptismal vows, our membership vows, where we say, uh, will you renew your covenant and we do renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of this church by our, say it with me, our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. All five of those are channels through which we can experience God's grace. And each week, beginning this week, you're going to hear a powerful story, words of witness from this pulpit from the lives of people who are seated where you are and doing life with you throughout the week, those who are in your Sunday school class, somebody each week is going to focus on one of those components, prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Today, I am so thrilled that you get to hear Joe Moore's story as she comes to share now. Joe. Thank you, Jay. Good morning. At age 44, I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. I underwent a double mastectomy, four additional surgeries, and 16 rounds of chemotherapy. The good news is that today, three years out, I'm cancer free. When I was first diagnosed, my husband Henry and I were devastated. I was the picture of health, and we were shocked. Initially, my prognosis was grim, and every doctor's appointment seemed to bring bad news. Henry and I did not know how to tell our daughter, Claire, who at the time was 11 years old. And after one particularly difficult doctor's appointment, Henry looked at me and said, we need to go to church, and we need to go right now. So Henry and I come up to the church and we stand at the minister's office 
in the middle of the day on work day, and we're just like, we need to see a minister right now. And John Blunt, who was our friend and at the time was our neighbor, walked out, and he was like, Henry, Joe, what in the world is going on? And we told John what was happening, and he sat with us, he listened to us, he talked with us, and he prayed for us. And we found peace and comfort. Mind you, we were still scared, but we found peace and comfort, and really, what more can you ask for? If you want to see human suffering, go sit in a chemo chair at the Montgomery Cancer Center. But let me be quick to say, if you want to see the hands and feet of Christ, go to the Montgomery Cancer Center. The level of care and kindness shown to me was exceptional. Early in chemo, I started to lose my hair at record pace, and eventually I just had to shave the remainder off. And it was a low point for me. I felt ugly, self-conscious, and really demoralized. And the next day I had to go back to the cancer center for a treatment, and it was the first time I was ever going out in public with a scarf on my head. And this lovely lady approached me in the waiting room. And she spoke with me for several minutes and told me how beautiful I looked and how dignified I looked. And she told me every single thing that I needed to hear in that moment. She gave me the strength to move forward and hold my bald head high. But what's important about the story is she also said to me, I do not normally approach strangers. This is so out of character for me. She said, I am just here taking my mother for a doctor's visit. She went on to say, I cannot explain it, but I knew I had to come talk to you today. That's the hands and feet of Christ. This is one of several examples where complete strangers at the cancer center from all walks of life walked up to me and said something that I needed to hear in that exact moment to get me through the day. And they reminded me that God blesses us. God is watching over us and God will provide. We talk in this church a lot about the hands and feet of Christ. And before cancer, I really just thought the hands and feet of Christ was doing a good deed. If it was convenient, if it was comfortable, I would gladly help. Now I believe that being the hands and feet of Christ sometimes requires you to go outside of your comfort zone. I believe now that when you feel that unexplainable nudge to go help somebody, you should do it, and you should do it without question. You should do it even if it's uncomfortable, it's inconvenient, or out of character. Because I'm now convinced that that unexplainable nudge may be a divine nudge, and it may be your opportunity to go out and be the hands and feet of Christ to a person who needs you in that moment. I've been asked whether anything changed spiritually for me after experiencing cancer, and I do pray differently. My prayers used to be more by rote. I would thank God for my blessings. I'd ask to be a blessing to others. I would pray for peace, comfort, and strength to handle life's difficulties. I would pray for others, and then I would ask for forgiveness of my sins. My prayer was more like a letter and would usually occur early morning, late at night. 
now my prayers are more of a conversation with God. We still discuss the same topics, but I find myself listening more. And I now pray it's snippets throughout the day. It's an open dialogue. I have found great clarity and comfort in prayer. I also have a greater appreciation for this church and being a member of this congregation. Henry, Claire, and I have always been active members here, and it was so valuable to have that foundation when we were facing cancer and the uncertainty of it all. Members of our Sunday school class did everything possible to support us, and then some. Members of this congregation, some of whom I knew, some of whom I didn't, reached out. The countless meals, notes of encouragement, text, and stream of visitors let us know that we were not alone. When I think of this church now, the first word that comes to mind is gratitude. I'm so grateful to be a part of this church. Over the next few weeks, we as a church will be talking about our renewal of faith. And I know one thing, God is with me. Whatever the outcome, I will be okay. Members of the congregation, whatever the outcome, we will all be okay because God is with us. Walk by faith. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had a word about prayer that he shared with his disciples. You see it printed there in your order of worship from Luke's Gospel, the 18th chapter. I invite you to stand as you are able for the reading of the Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to that judge saying, grant me justice against my opponent. And for a while the judge refused, but later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them, and yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find such faith on earth? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I must confess that in light of a couple of heavy events this week in our state and across our country, I've, I've been smacked upside the head by this parable about persistence in prayer. There's a couple of ways you can read a parable. You can read it straight on and straight up for what it says, and God will speak to you through that. Other times you can squint a little bit and cock your head to the side like, you know how your family members used to tell you to hold your mouth right when you were fishing and you'd, you'd do better off catching a fish that way, like the fish were looking up waiting for you to hold your mouth just right, you know that? 
So this parable, we need both ways of reading it. Because earlier this week, we read a headline about a prominent church leader in this country who had harmful things to say about women in ministry. And so straight up responding to this parable, I don't want to miss the power of this widow's voice, the one who would not give up, the one who would not step down or be silenced or intimidated by an obstinate judge. See, Jesus is teaching this parable about how to pray persistently and not lose hope. He's teaching it to his male disciples. So he uses a widow to illustrate his point, the person with the least amount of rights, the one without financial means or, or status, the one for whom the law was designated to protect, going before the one who is the keeper of the law. And this widow, she will not be overlooked or unheard. She will not go home, nor should she, nor should any woman who has a message to proclaim. Joe's witness reinforces that. Every time Bryn leads us in worship or Lauren benedicts us, every minute I have with my colleague and friend Jillian Walters, I benefit from her voice. And I'm so glad they're part of our team. But the second thing about this parable that got me this week was when I squinted a little bit and cocked my head to the side and realized there was more to it than I thought. Because I realized one of the things I do know about God is that God does answer prayers. Specifically, when we ask, God grants our, our needs. But what about those times when prayer goes unanswered? When there's more to it than just getting what we want or what we ask for, having our timeline met? You know, sometimes cancer is healed and sometimes it's not in this world. Or sometimes we land our job of preference. Other times, someone else gets the nod. What does that say about answered and unanswered prayer? Sometimes your team wins, sometimes mine does, but we both pray for the same thing. I've been trying like you have this week as well to make sense of the tragic news coming out of Birmingham about three-year-old Camille Cupcake McKinney. We all prayed for her to be found safely, to return to her family. On social media, I saw people saying, I should have prayed more, I should have prayed differently. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, what if I had only done this or done that? I'm trying to make sense of it just like you are. And then our choir sings this piece by Moses Hogan today. Did you read those words? I read them with cupcake in mind. Oh Lord, please hear my prayer and keep me safe within your arms. It's your servant bound for glory. Oh, dear Lord, please hear my prayer. When my work on earth is done and you come to take me home, just know that I'm bound for glory and to hear you say, well done. I'm trying to make sense of that this week as well. So I squint a little bit at this parable 
and wonder what happens when we tug at, at God and ask and things don't happen and that's, what does that mean? But then I cock my head sideways a little bit and I ask this question, what if God is not the judge in the story, but what if God is that persistent widow trying to wear us down with a message of grace, trying to persistently get our attention that evil, it doesn't get the final word when all is said and done. What if, what if God Almighty is this persistent widow trying to tell us, I've got this, and I've got Camille with me, and what I need you all to do is to find ways to end evil and injustice and oppression and to be persistent about it. What if that's the message God, the prayer, is trying to share with us? Friends, to be renewed in our faith by our prayers means that we have to take a different approach to prayer. Joe testified to this, where and when her prayers went from being a monologue to a dialogue. This constant, persistent way of living a life that's an open dialogue, open prayer with God. We have to start praying, God, not my will, but yours. We have to start saying, God, I feel you nagging persistently because you want to wear me down with your love and your conviction, but stop nagging, I'll do my best. And what I'm here to tell you is when we pray that way and take that bold step, we will find renewal. So I hope renewal by your prayers means that you experience these moments of awakening, that prayer is about God getting what God wants more than we get what we want, and that we get to be the answers to our own prayer. We pray for people who are hungry, and then we feed them. We pray for people who don't have a home, and then we partner with Family Promise. We pray for education concerns in our city, and then we teach a kid to read, or we listen to a kid read, or we tutor, or we mentor. We pray for an end to loneliness, and then we go visit someone. We pray to tackle violence, and then we attest to a resurrection faith that God can redeem and overcome all the dead places of any community and raise them up. God's people will be faithful. Renewal can happen in the blink of an eye. And maybe, just maybe, to be like God means we become like the persistent widow. We become persistent widows in our community, speaking truth to power, taking on obstinance, begging our friends and our family and our leaders to practice justice, just like the parable says. Because you know something, if you want to be renewed, renewal comes when we begin changing focus from our needs to the needs of those around us. So in just a few weeks, 
we're going to give every member of this congregation a pledge card. And parts of it will look very similar to pledge cards you've seen in the past. Most of it will not. We're going to offer you the opportunity to pray for this church and for the staff and for our community every day of the week. So on November 24th, when we bring our pledge cards forward, you will have filled out a spot that says, I will pray for this church, the staff, and the community on Monday, or on Tuesday, or on Wednesday. We'll give you Saturday off, but for five days out of the week, six days out of the week. And I'm gonna ask you to do that for a year, a whole year, because prayer changes us. And then if we're bold enough, to really ask about renewal, then God will give us the answers to solve our own prayers. Do you renew your covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of this church by your prayers? If you do, I think what you'll find is God tugging and tapping at you to say, I'm right here with you. Everything's going to be all right by faith. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the distinct honor to be called your children, that through the waters of these baptisms, you have sent us on this incredible journey, and now you're renewing with us a covenant to be faithful, to participate in what you are doing by our prayers and our presence and our gifts and our service, and our witness. Lord, I thank you for Joe and for Henry and for Claire, for their family's story that they have shared with us today, the way that you are moving in their lives and in so many lives. Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come down upon our great church today and in the weeks ahead that we might find renewal and help others to do the same. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen.